Welcome to the Losing Faith Podcast. My name is Charnel, and here we're going to be talking about how our humanity collides with our faith and how our emotions can contradict what we believe and all the messy human ironies in between. It's like this huge human emotions, faith, thought, discussion. It's like a big burrito of humanity. (laughs) For churchy folks, it would be like a modern day psalm. So follow us as we go on these journeys where people talk about losing their faith, but also the journey of gaining it as well. Come on. Hi, welcome to the Losing Faith Podcast. And today we have an awesome guest. Her name is Haley, and she has an awesome story to tell. Um, Today, basically, the episode is just going to be her telling her story and the journey that she has been on um, in her life and also with her own spirituality. And I'm super excited for her to tell it. So Haley, um, you can talk about how we met, and then we can go from there. (laughs) Hi, guys. Like she said, I'm Haley. Um, so I met Char on TikTok. I wasn't really big on TikTok. I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, let's just see where it takes me. And so I joined a lot of people's lives and I met Char in one of them. And she seemed very cool. She was very spiritual and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, this girl seems really chill. I'm like, let me follow her and see if she'll follow back. And ever since I've like just joined her life, whenever she's on, I'm like, okay, I'm getting on. And sometimes we would be up until like 4 a.m. And I'm like, I got to go to work. I'm like, I need to go to sleep. But I'm like, I want to be in this conversation. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to stay up. But like, Char is very like spiritual. And like, just you can tell from her vibe that she's like a guidance. She can guide you to a place if you need to. So I love that. And like she said, I'm going to be telling my story. Well, my story started when I was eight years old when I was back home in Ethiopia my Mm -hmm. mom passed away and that's one person that I was very like close to like that was my hero that was like my role model and she passed away when I was eight years old because she had TB tuberculosis whatever I don't know how to say it but um, yeah TB and she was also kind of like poisoned by one of our, our neighbors And I was kind of mad about that because I was like, why would God let somebody into my house to do that to my mom? And Mm -hmm. at the same time, the back of my head, I was like, you know what? Maybe it was time for her to go. But at the same time, I was so mad that he took that one person away from me that I needed in my whole life. So after that, I was kind of mad at God. I lost faith. I didn't really like believe. I was like, God is not real. I don't care whoever is going to tell me for me. And I lost it more and more, having more experience in my life, which was my brother was the one that was taking care of me. And I have a brother, two sisters. And like our dad was not in the picture at all. He left when I was young. I think he was an alcoholic and like he passed away as well, but I was not as close to him. So it didn't really affect me as much as it should have. So after that, my brother was the one that's taking care of me because my sisters left and he couldn't handle it either like you know yeah. he wanna make money to give to my grandpa to raise me and like and I had two cousins in there with me so like my grandpa was basically like the father figure in our life yeah my grandpa he crazy as hell like I love <laughs> him to death but he is crazy like he lived until mm-hmm. he was 105 wow 
but this guy like he looked skinny but like he will like hurt you if you mess with anybody or even if you mess with him like I had an older cousin and she would try to attempt to steal from my grandpa and Mm -hmm. he was not having that so like one day she tried to steal and my you know like back home or anywhere really they have those like long sticks with like that really pointy like metal part so he she tried that guy (laughs) threw that thing right at her and I was like I was like, are you trying to kill her or something? I'm like, I but right. like he missed he missed her, but I was like, okay, now I know I'm like not messing near, with you. It was a near miss. Yeah. I was like, I know I'm not messing with you. I was like, I'm good. I'm not having this. I'm like, I'm not, nope, we're good. But like after that, I was just like, Jesus. I was like, he he wanted to take some things into his own hands. And I'm like, Grandpa, you can't do that. Like he was funny as hell. Like me and my little cousin would sleep with him. And he would pee the bed. And then he wake up and blame us for peeing in the bed. I'm like, Grandpa, that was not us. That was you. Like, I know mm-hmm. you're in your mind at the same time, but like, don't blame that on us. And he was just right. like, but no, he was also like my hero too. I loved him to death. Um, After that, I got sick, like I said, and I needed to basically like get adopted so we have an orphanage back home. We had two orphanages back home. And my brother put me in one of them for just the beginning. Mm-hmm. And when I got to that orphanage, I don't know. I felt something. I was just like, this is not going to be the right place. Like something's going to happen. And right when I got there, I was like losing my mind. Because I was like, I can't be away from my family. I don't understand what was going on. I was just like, where is my brother taking me? I'm like, what is this place? And he brought me and just like left and I was bawling and I was eight years old I was like where is my brother like I need my brother. and I'm just like bawling my eyes out and I'm like I want my brother mm-hmm. and these people thought I was foolish like they're gonna bring a random guy and be like here's your brother I'm like that's not my brother first of all like how dumb do you yeah. really think I am like you're no, eight years not. old yeah I'm like that's not my brother like where is my brother and I guess they like explain it to me and I was just like all right like whatever let's just take the chance mm-hmm. and after that day never saw my brother never saw like anybody else of my family and I was just like okay I don't know what's going on but I believe that my brother is doing this for like the right reasons so I was like all right let it happen whatever and the first well, orphan I don't want to I don't, I'm gonna let you keep going but I yeah. really want to say for an eight-year-old the resilience that you showed at that age because that is so much to go through at such a young age like it's completely understandable why you're saying like I didn't understand what was going on because like no matter how smart you were as eight right like there's only so much you can understand about the world or comprehend what's even going on and I think that it makes complete sense why when you're when you're so young and you don't feel like you're in control of anything why you would automatically be like I'm gonna blame God because Like, if he's in control, and that's what I heard about, like, look at my life. Look yeah. at the circumstances I'm in. I'm just like, clearly, I, I mean, I don't want to tell, like, how did you, how did it, do you remember how you felt in these moments? Scared, afraid, but I had, like, believing in something, and it just turned their back on me, I, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. God was like, okay, you don't need me anymore. And like, 
things are gonna happen and it's whatever and it's like I needed you the most and you weren't there like when people say like I needed God at this time the most and he was never there for me and that's how I felt I was like you since I was a little kid you know like I was baptized I was one of your kids and you just turned your back on me like that like it just I was just like no I was like I don't care who says God is this and God is that I was like I don't care he took something from me and I'm gonna take my faith away from him Mm -hmm. right so it was like it was kind of like a a payback or just like I don't, I don't know how to word it, but it's just like, I lost the faith that I really believed in, and somebody that, that would, somebody would do something like that to me, especially Mm -hmm. God, like, that's the one person that's supposed to be there for you, and that's supposed to lead you, and all that stuff, and he took the one thing from me, and put me in this position, I was just like, no, I don't care, like, Mm -hmm. people do whatever they want, but it's not what I believe in anymore, so I was just lost, and I was lost in the world, I didn't know what to believe in I don't know you know like what was right what was wrong because I didn't tend to guide me or you know just give me that faith feeling like oh Haley this is the wrong thing you shouldn't be doing this you know like and I just I don't know it lost me there no and that's completely understandable and I I think I can relate to that you know because I don't know if I I don't know if I ever stopped believing in him like I believe that he existed but that whole feeling of feeling like he didn't care about me was really strong and apparent in my life as well. Um, you know, I lost my virginity when I was like 11 and it was to sexual SA, sexual yeah. assault. And at the time, I didn't even think it was sexual assault, like, because nobody taught me about sexuality. You know, I just thought it was my fault. So I just stumbled in here and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm in this circumstance and when you are like when you suffer a loss at those young ages like what I start to think is like well if no one's gonna take care of me I gotta take care of myself yeah right like yeah there's a god out there but he clearly doesn't love me enough to protect me no yeah or to keep me safe so I think I went on this journey of like I wanted to believe he loved me that was me you know Mm -hmm. I wanted to but it just my life did not reflect on him that truth like yeah that's how it felt at at the time but I don't want to keep you can keep going (laughs) (laughs) so when I was in the orphanage this orphanage was one of the worst orphanages like they the lady didn't care about the kids she didn't you know she basically just didn't care about the kids and after like few days the guards basically were like they were abusive so I was the one that I guess I was the special kid to get abused for that. So like, I don't know what I did one day, but like the guards basically took me and like, we have this spice back home, which is like Burberry. It's really, and they decided to put that in my vagina. Mm-hmm. And that day I was just like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, I'm a little kid. I didn't know what I did. And I was the type of person, even when I was little, I'm going to help somebody no matter what. So like Mm -hmm. I would in the orphanage, like I said, the lady didn't care about the kids. She didn't care about anything. So I was the person to like wash things and I would cook something for the little kids because they didn't eat. And I was the type of person and they didn't like that, you know, Mm -hmm. like 
it's my job. Why didn't like you're a kid, you're in this thing. You can't be the one that's taking care of them. But I felt like I needed to, because if nobody's going to take care of me, at least I can take care of somebody. So mm-hmm. I was the type of person like that. And they don't like that, especially one of the lady, like she hated me from the beginning and I would get abused from her. Like I would get hit. I would get like just beaten. And by the guards, it was like sexual assault. And I didn't understand any of that. I was just going on. Like, why, why am I the one that's getting this? Like, I didn't do nothing. And you can't really talk to anybody else because she was the boss, right? So like trying to talk to somebody and get them to understand, they don't know. They can't do anything because if they try to help, they lose their job. So I was just, I was just in that place where I was like, I don't want to do anything. I'm going to like try to like be that kid that just stays shy and doesn't do anything but I was not the type of person if I see somebody hurting if I see somebody that needs something I'm gonna try to give it to them but Mm -hmm. they don't like that so I I guess I got the abuse and I got all that and I even then with God I was just like I'm trying to do a good thing but at the end I'm the one that's getting hurt like do you not see what is happening here and why aren't you like trying to help at this time like Mm -hmm. I'm a little kid and I'm trying to take you know like I'm trying to be like you you're you want to help people and you want to give them faith but at the same way helping little kids but I'm getting this whole thing like why am I the one that's getting hurt for this so I was just I got more lost I was just like what is going on I'm like what am I believing in and why is all this happening for no reason like I'm just trying to take things in my own hands and try to help you know but at the end it was not what I was supposed to do I guess but I didn't understand why I needed to be the one that was abused so that was the first time I experienced like sexual things and I was just like what the heck is going on so after that like you know things kind of did cool down because I got moved to a different orphanage and this orphanage like the owner was like she was like a mom to me So I had somebody that was actually like there for me and that would take any, like she would protect me. So I was grateful for that. And, but there was a worker that was just like, and I don't know, some people, I guess, like they just see somebody and they're just like, I hate person. Even Mm -hmm. when they're a kid, they're like, I hate that person. I don't like adult can hate a kid for no reason. And I guess Mm -hmm. I was one of that kid that this lady just hated. And like yeah. I said, I was the one that was helping kids. I would feed, I would change their diapers. Like I felt like they were my kids. If my mom wasn't there to protect me, I can be a mother figure even at a young age to help these kids. So wow. oh, I I sorry, I know I keep I want to oh, say like okay. I was like that is that's really powerful because I think that you, despite everything that was happening, were still a light in the world that was like so dark around you you know and you know the fact that you decided at a young age that you know I'm still going to be like I'm still going to be kind Mm -hmm. I'm still going to give I'm like I I, you are so young like that is a like that is commendable that you can make that decision and I think that really speaks to the person that you are in your core right and like you know deciding that I I'm not going to allow my very negative circumstances to change what I believe is still good, even though I am struggling to believe in 
this God, you know, mm-hmm. like I still think like that being good is right. And that's really powerful. So yeah, I keep going. Yeah. Like I said, I was just, you know, I wanted to be that person that would watch over somebody and take care of the kids. And like I said, the lady did not like me at all for that. And she, so like the ladies would like do our hairs and stuff and she would do my hair. And like, ever since like that lady would hit me on the head, like braid me and all that stuff, but like hit so hard. And I like, my head is this like so sensitive. And then there was another kid in there and I took him as like a, I took him as like, I'm going to protect this kid no matter what. And we were like best friends. And I guess the lady didn't like that either. So like, I didn't do anything. I don't know what I did to get in trouble or anything like that. But for her, I guess I needed to get punished. And one day we were like in the living room and she had all the kids around. And I guess I needed to get punished in front of everybody to show that she has power, right? Mm -hmm. And she grabbed the belt and that little boy that I took as a brother, she Mm -hmm. made him hit me with the belt so having that I was just like the another person that I'm literally like you know so connected to is having to punish me for nothing you couldn't do that with your like yourself like I you know like why did you have to get my brother not it's not even my blood brother anymore and the brother blood brother but like somebody that I took as a brother to hurt me like why and I lost it. I was just like, I didn't understand this. Like, what is going on? Like, why am I the one that's always getting punished in this position? So when the owner came the next day, I told her what happened. And like mm-hmm. I said, the owner was like a mom to me. So whatever I told her, she would took took it in her own hands. Mm-hmm. And she lost it. And that lady got fired. And I was just like, all the kids were happy. She was like, she was mad. And I was just like walking out the door, like, you know, like behind her. And I was like, ha ha ha. Like, I was just so mad. I was just like, I don't care. You were never belonged in this position. You should have never taken care of kids. You should have never took like anything into your own hands because you were the worst human being. And to ha- and then to have that lady, like my a mom figure to just see that I was hurt and be like, you know what? Like, because some people are like oh kids just say what they want to say like it's not the truth but she believed in me like she saw the pain in me so when she did that and like let that lady go I was just like okay there's some good stuff is happening I guess like let me you know like slowly try to see what's going on and try to figure out like if it is real if it is you know like God and her are trying to like help at the same time so I was like all right like, let me just try to like, you know, just see there's good things that could happen to me. It's not always going to be a bad show. It's not going to be like, just, I don't know. It was just going to be a good time. And ever since that lady left, the lady, like the owner was more at the house and me and her became really close. Like we would laugh, we would joke. Like I, she took me as her daughter. I took her as like my mom. Mm -hmm. And one day, there was people like you know the adoption they were trying to like find people find parents for these kids and I got chose for one and the lady wanted to adopt two people me and my that little boy that I took as a brother but that because she was old she couldn't take two of us 
Yeah. And so my, I guess like my mom now, the one that adopted me, she had a daughter and her daughter was like, well, you can't adopt two of them. At least I can adopt one. Hmm. So I saw that and I was just like, okay, something is happening. Like, you know, like I can, I can still be with this person I took as a brother. He can still be a part of my life. I don't, he, you know, I don't have to lose another person. And so that happened but the thing was that like my sister was the one that my sister here now did adopt the boy but mm-hmm. it was because I was so sick I had to get adopted first so I was okay. separated from my this little kid that I took as a brother so I was separated from him and like just the, seeing how emotional and lost he was when I left it would, like it also hurt me because I was like oh like I'm not here to protect him anymore like one right. who's gonna protect this boy and so I don't know just saw, and then having to leave home too I was just like I'm never gonna see my family like what is gonna happen to my family and like how do I contact them like you know like I was just I was just so lost and I was like what is gonna happen and like when I had to leave the orphanage lady was like because my mom here she couldn't come and pick me up because she had some like immune system so she couldn't fly to come to a different country so I was kind of upset because everybody else was like you know getting picked up by the parents that were adopting them and I was like again I was second guessing I was like what's happening like am I not getting adopted or is somebody like just like doesn't want to see me or like what's going on so I was really confused and the owner was just like you know like your mom just your mom can't come and get you but like you're still gonna go and I was like okay like that's something like at least I can I can still be adopted and I'm not gonna be left here so one of the like human uh Canadian humanitarian they're the people that kind of like helped with the adoption and stuff like that Mm -hmm. there was a couple that was uh like the basically the boss they took me so they I traveled with them and we met my mom halfway and uh, we met in Calgary so she did end up getting me but it wasn't from like back home back home yeah like when I had to leave it was emotional because like even like the security guards in the second orphanage that was like a good one they were like brothers to me too like they would protect me they were always there for me so it was so emotional to have to say goodbye to somebody that was like a brother figure or a father figure or a mom figure because I didn't really have the ones that I really needed to be with right so I was just like what's going on like you know like I can I can still have somebody as a mom figure even though my mom's gone and I can still have a brother figure even though my brother is still home but it's just that I can't see him so I can take these people as my brother and whatever so like oh, was- that's, so that's so good I want to point that out because like yeah. I think that one of the things that I love to highlight with people is sometimes like we can get so focused on like where we feel like love should come from yeah right and like your story your story is so full of hope right and so full of like you know redemption and like you know when you think it's all going to be really really bad there's these like really bright spots and I think it's so powerful that you were able to see like that family even though it wasn't your blood family you know Mm. that you were able to like have that love and that care from different people around you and even though you didn't have your mom like 
you had mother figures and you know I, I I'm mind blown because I think you, you told me this story in little little pieces but it's super powerful I'm good uh hold on yes we're gonna keep going actually you know what we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back <laughs> your value was never on the table and it was a saying that i started to say on tiktok lives to remind people that no matter what circumstances or no matter what they've been through no matter you know what their parental figure said or people around them you know that they've always been valuable not because of what they've done but because of their existence so i created this hoodie that said my value was never on the table so people could wear not just a hoodie but a statement so they can personalize the message for themselves and the world around them so if you are interested in the hoodie you can look up any link in my bio and you can get yourself an exclusive hoodie. I usually drop only a certain amount because, you know, I don't like everybody in my stuff. <laughs> um, so you will have the hoodie and a limited amount of people will have it too. But understand that it is more about the statement than just a piece of clothing. Welcome back. So we just heard the first um, beginning stories of Haley and her story. And, you know, now, you know, I think she's going to fast forward a little bit and we're going to get to where she is presently and how we got here. And now she's in Canada and her story. Sorry, the story is so like powerful that I'm so zoned in to what she's saying. <laughs> so go ahead. Okay. So yeah, like she said, like I'm in Canada now and I have a mom a Canadian woman that take care of me and she I like this lady is the best lady like I love her to death like she's a hero to me because the way she loves kids and wants to protect them and take care of them even though like they're not her own kids I see a lot of like I don't know she's just a hero to me and I was just like why is there like you know having to see those bad people and then having to see her I was like wow there are good people in the world. Like there is decent people in here. Like it's not just going to be all bad and you know, whatever. So like having a mom like her brought me back a little bit. I was like, you know what? I, there is somebody that's going to protect me. There is somebody that's watching over me still. And having like, she adopted 10 kids. So she has five. No, okay. She has 10 kids. She adopted five from Ethiopia and she adopted two from the Philippines. And then she has like one of her like biological daughter and then like just like nieces that are kind of like her daughter. So I was like, okay, this lady will literally like take care of anybody. It doesn't matter who they are. She will take care of them. So like growing up to see her was like, I want to be that person. I want to be able to protect somebody. I want to be able to like adopt somebody and stuff like that and don't get me wrong I was a little troubled kid I was not in the right mind state because you know it's like a new place for me I was like and I was still really hurt from God too and I was yeah. just like I'm gonna live my life the way I want to live my life so I was in a bad position I was into drugs I was partying I was not listening to my mom and like just seeing the pain that I was causing her too I was just like wow I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I would take back sometimes and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, why am I hurting the one person that's not really like 
that's taking care of me. She's not doing anything to me. She's not hurting me. So why am I like being a bad person? And so after just like partying and doing drugs and all that stuff, losing myself more and more, um, I got into a relationship and the relationship like was okay from the beginning, like how every relationship is. But later on, it got into like very like verbal abuse at first because, you know, he was like an alcoholic and he didn't know what he was doing. Like, you know, when people say like, when you do drugs, you're a whole new person. When you drink, you're a whole new person. Without alcohol, he seemed okay. And I was like, okay, it's whatever. Mm -hmm. But when it was like he had alcohol in his body, he was something else. And the one person that I always call was my mom anything that would happen it would be my mom I'd be like hey mom like I need you to come pick me up or I need you like I was living with this person from like the beginning we started dating and I was I don't know why but she kept she kept coming to like my savior she would pick me up she you know and she'd be like don't do it don't go back and me like being that little like oh I'm in love and da 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 I didn't understand what was going on like I know I was abused before but I was like and like I said I'm the person that I'm like I can help somebody. I can try to change somebody's life. But it didn't go that well for me because we did break up. We did get back together. We did break up and I did something and he did something. We hurt one another really bad. And after that, like I got back with him again one more time and he got drunk so bad that it was just like it got to physical where he literally like wanted to kill me. And I was just like, what the frick? I was like losing my head and I like I was like I can see something's happening I'm gonna like call my mom or call somebody to come pick me up before things get serious and I was on the phone with my little brother because he answered the phone and I was like where's mom like can you like you know help and my ex like now that he literally like punched my face like as a man punching a grown like a woman he was punching me like I was a man Mm -hmm. and having my little brother on the phone and I'm like screaming and and like he I was wearing glasses at that time so he like knocked my glasses out and like he had me on the bed like where I was like face down where he was literally gonna like suffocate me and kill me and I was just like wow I was like what the heck is going on I'm like you know like I get we did something bad to one another but to get that physical I was just like what the hell and Mm -hmm. that moment I saw my life like flash and I was just like I'm gonna die like I'm gonna die and no one's here to protect me like where is God or somebody like where what's gonna happen here so when that happened I was just like hey I'm like you know what I was damaged like I was already damaged emotionally and physically from when I was a kid but now just like what the heck is happening I'm like where is my God like where you know like I was still lost with him but like where is he and to have that I was just like Kate you know what this is a lesson I can put myself down and you know be very like just not faithful to myself or anything and just let whatever happen or should I start going to church and see if I can find God again mm-hmm. and I met these kids in school and I started going to church and at first you know when you lose faith in somebody, it's hard for you to gain it back. And I kept going to church every Sunday and I tried my best. And at first I was like, okay, it's whatever. Like it's, 
they're talking about God, but like who is who is God really to me? Mm-hmm. Like, you know. So I kept going. I slowly it's that, that it's interesting that you said that specific point when you're like, you know, who is God to me? Because yeah. I think it's so important. There's something that they say in um Narcotics Anonymous. I take it my roommates. Yeah. He's been um clean for years, but um they say like the God of your understanding. And I think that it's really powerful that you started going on that journey. Because I think where I can relate to that is that I knew the God that I was told about too, you know, and when you go through all of these different circumstances of like abuse and like um, people know on this podcast that I was in a domestic um, abuse marriage and, you know, I, I openly talk about being sexually assaulted by like gang um, in a gang when I was growing up, like gang rape. That's sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put like um, precautions around this podcast and <laughs> trigger warning. Um, and you know, again, when I was 18, like you know, you you have these moments of like, I hear what you're supposed to be like, but how does that become real to me? Yeah. And you no, know, I I do relate to that part of the journey because that definitely happened to me after I lost my. I had a, I had a pregnancy and I, I, I was so promiscuous that I thought <laughs> that I thought I was like barren. Well, that's what people would say. You can't have a kid. Like, cause I'm like, there's no way I can have this much sex. I'm 24 and I, I can't get pregnant. Like clearly something's wrong with my reproductive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, then I get pregnant by like just my sneaky link, literally like actually that wasn't verbiage back then, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just, we'd have sex and it turned out to be a molar pregnancy. So then I was like, okay, so now I'm pregnant and I can't even keep this baby. It almost killed me actually. It was like a molar pregnancy What happens is like when it gets implanted because there's no DNA, there was no DNA in my egg. It just turns into a clusters of cells. So like my stomach was swelling, like, and they had to go in to do surgery. Something almost went wrong at the surgery. Um, they had to intubate me. It was insane. I was in the hospital for five days. I was literally like blood was just pouring out of me. Like I'm being graphic, but like, that's literally how bad it was. And I remember when I was leaving the hospital, someone's like, oh, you know, you should be happy because God did, God spared you from having a baby with a man that doesn't want to have a baby with you. And I'm like, I left the hospital and I got drunk. I said, whatever God, whatever you feel is nice, right? But I didn't feel spared because like, one of the things that I always wanted to do is be a mom. Right. And so I just felt like um, I don't I felt forsaken. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't I didn't understand. I didn't I didn't see how God was in it. I actually recorded a video at that time and I was just like, I never want to be in this position again. Like I was such a dark place in the hospital yeah. bed, you know, and um, then I got pregnant again a month later. Right. And, you know, it's interesting how you can end up seeing God for yourself mm-hmm. in circumstances that you don't expect no. to meet him in. Yeah. You know, so you can continue, but I just wanted oh, to share no, that. No, I like that. It's mm-hmm. true. Cause you don't really like as people, people tell you what kind of God you're supposed to believe in and stuff like that. And it's really on what God you believe in, right? It's the God that you kind of create yourself too. Because like in the Bible, we'll tell you what God is and all that stuff. And even when you go to church or, you know, if you see somebody that's uh, religious too, and they'll tell you all different parts of what they believe in. So it's yeah. like, who is God to me really though? Like what is his position in my life? So 
just after experiencing all that and then having to like go to church and try to like regain my faith I was like I still don't know who the God is for me like I don't know so I just kept trying and you know like I was we in the church we went to we have like girls go like camping it was like so we would go camping and we would pray for God every morning and stuff like that and I slowly started like I had um, a group leader and the group leader was very like into God she believed in it even though like you know some things did happen in her life she was still a part of him and I was like okay like what made you like you know still believe in God and stuff like that so just like having somebody that was like so powerful and like had that faith in God I was like I want to start having that again so like can you help me and she said she started telling me like you know write what you feel in a journal and slowly God will start speaking to you and I was like that seems dumb like why am I gonna write down things like what what is God gonna understand about any of that and I slowly started writing and just like slowly you can I slowly started feeling kind of like a little bit of spiritual where it's like God had his hands on me and you know like I just felt something that was there was like I'm here I'm still here to protect you no matter what you went through I'm still here for you you know like you can, you've lost your faith in me but you, you can slowly gain it and I was just like I was mad still because I was like you did so much to me though you took somebody some many people away from me like how am I supposed to believe you and with my mom I was so like damaged and lost having to lose that one person but I slowly write like started writing down in my journals and started going to church more and started talking to this like my group leader and talking to my friends and I slowly did gain my faith back and I was just like I believed that you know God doesn't give you struggles that you can't handle Mm-hmm. like God doesn't do things to you that he knows that you're not going to be able to handle and to strive through it so I started mm-hmm. believing that I was like you know what maybe God was doing this so he can like help me to be the person who I am right now mm-hmm. you know like my mom she needed to go it was time for her to go she, you know like she was so sick that there was nothing for her to, to be there for her she mm-hmm. was still able to watch over us even though she wasn't there physically, she was still there to watch over us. Mm-hmm. And all like the sexual stuff, it's like, God, like, you know, like, every, it's hard to believe that God wasn't there to help you at that point. But it was like, God made me who the person I am now. I am very, you know, like, protective of myself, my sexuality. And, and he did that. He helped mm-hmm. me through that. Like, you know, he did let things happen. But it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to give this to Haley and let her be damaged through all her life. No, it was just to see how far in my life I can go. And Mm -hmm. like, I have, ever since I was a kid, like I said, eight years old, losing my mom and everything experiencing, I have severe depression. Mm -hmm. And just like, I test, like I've tested my limits every time with that. I'm like, how far can I go? with this depression how far is God gonna help me like you know like 
when is he going to be like, this is enough and I'm going to take her life? Or when is this, he's going to be like, it's enough and I'm going to try to help her get stronger and stronger. So having to deal with that, like I was very depressed child. I would cut, I would like one time I like almost tried, like I tried to kill myself mm-hmm. and I came back and I was just like, okay, it's not my time to go. Like God was there even though if I don't believe it he was there he knew it was not my time to leave so like I slowly started talking to God I slowly started like just having faith and my grandma here was very spiritual person she would make us drink tea and she would like read the little leaves Mm -hmm. and she was like there's an angel watching over you like anything you do there's somebody that's going to be watching over you no matter what you do and you blame yourself or blame anybody, there is somebody there stronger that's protecting you at the at the same time. And I was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. What, what, what? Like, I don't understand what you're really saying to me, but yeah, sure. And mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, like, you know, I kind of just sat down once and I was just like looking back at my life and I was just like, I didn't deserve any of that. But at the end of the day, it's like, like I said, God doesn't really give you something or make you experience something knowing that you can't handle it. Yeah. Go ahead. I was saying, I I love, like, because for me, like, one of the things that I had to realize is that one thing I believe is that God, he loves us so much that he doesn't take away free will choice. So there's people in our lives that choose to do things, right? to us and that harm us right and I think that sometimes we can have a perception of God that like you know that he did something other than just allowing people to choose you know we can choose to do something good like just like when you were eight you chose to say you know what I want to help people like I want to be what I couldn't get you know and then there's some people who for whatever reason right choose to either like honestly I think most of it's like pain so they inflict pain on others like you know just unhealed wounds and like generational things of like feeling like it's right. And there's a, it's, it's very loaded, you know, children not being seen as people, you know, there's a whole bunch of things to unlock there. But I think overall, you know, we live in a world, a fallen world, you know, where humans can be what humans are, (laughs) right. Um, And imperfect. And I think that it's interesting when you're saying like, you know, he doesn't give you something you can, you can't handle. And I think that the thing that I don't want to add this, this might not be your truth, but I'm like, but also that you were never alone in it. Like, so the reason why you can um, not, the reason why you can't handle the hardships is because he's still, he's still with you through it all. Right. That's something you believe. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like he didn't real like like I felt like he wasn't there, but he was at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And like even like my mom and like everybody else, they were still there spiritually for me. I like you said, I'm not alone. I was never alone. There was somebody there clearly. And it was just like just having to look back, I was just like, I don't know. Like, why did I have to experience all of that to be the person I am today? Mm-hmm. But it just makes me stronger every day I wake up you know I'm a woman I can take care of myself I'm you know like you said like with your sweater like my value was never on the table and Mm -hmm. that's true 
Like nobody's value was never on the table. You can't take anybody's value away. It's their power. If they want to give you their value, that's them. But you can never physically, emotionally take it away from them. So like God, it was like he was, I wasn't believing that he was there for me, but he was there spiritually. I wasn't seeing it because I was just in my own space where it's like I'm damaged and this things was happening and you know I lost people and I've done this and I was just blaming all of that on somebody I needed somebody to blame on yeah it wasn't really his fault right like things happen in the world nothing is going to be perfect you're not going to have everything you want you're not like your parents are not going to live so some things happen but it's it's because God wants to show you that you can, anything that happened, you can strive through it. You can mm-hmm. be strong, even though like you've lost faith in him. He knows that you still slowly like know that he's still there for you, even though like you're just like, I don't care. God is not real. I hate him and all that stuff. But he was there anyways. It doesn't yeah. God doesn't just leave you. He's not going to be like, she doesn't believe in me. I'm going to leave her. Like, no, God was never like that. God was, is always going to be there for you no matter what, even though you didn't believe he was. And that's Mm -hmm. what I like gained to is like, even when I was, you know, like, I don't believe in God. He did this to me and that and that he was still there for me no matter what, even though if I didn't feel it, if I didn't know he was there at the end of the day for me. So like, and I slowly got to see that, you know, I got a family that take care of me. I have people, like I have friends that have stuck by me. And mm-hmm. like now I have a child that like shows me that I can be that parent that I want to be for him. I can mm-hmm. show him what real life is, you know, even though that you go through pain, there is always going to be brightness. Like right. it's going to be dark. So like just having that faith back again it just makes me I don't know I I'm like I said I've ever since I was a kid I was the type of person to help somebody if it was the last bit of money I had I will give that to somebody Mm -hmm. if they needed me like if I'm literally dying on my bed and they needed something for me I will jump out of bed and give it to them like I will help I was always that person so like knowing that God was always there for me it's he he made me who I am at the end of the day but -hmm. at the same time it's the experience too that I have become who I am Mm -hmm. it's the people that have my family my mom and all that stuff those are the people that have created me as well and God has guidance like guiding them and guiding me to be who I am so like you know, like people do lose faith. I get it. It It is hard. And everything you go through makes you feel like everything is, is you lose faith. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you will gain it. Life is hard. It really is. It really is. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's the end for you. You just have to keep fighting. You have to keep talking to people. Even if you don't believe in faith, you don't believe in God, try to talk to somebody. Because right. at the end of the day, if they're going through the same thing as you're going through, they can try to help you, right? Like, and I was the type of person, like I've gone to counseling, I've gone to this. And I was like, none of this is helping me. I don't believe like whatever they're trying to do. But when I found somebody else that actually was going through the same thing as I was going through, I'm like, okay, we can reflect on one another. We can. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I'm almost done, okay? 
Yeah. Like you can find that one person to connect with. And even with God, every night I would pray. And, you know, that was my way connecting with somebody too. I would pray for him to watch over my family back home. I would have him watch over my family here and just slowly gaining and gaining and gaining that trust with him again. And Mm -hmm. having, I don't know. And I'm also like, I love crystals. And with the crystals, like, you know, some people like, oh, I don't believe they don't do anything and da-da-da-da. No, if you actually are like, not even actually spiritual, if you believe anything is spiritual, really, and you hold a crystal, a certain crystal, like they say you can feel it in your palm. And that is true because I've held so many crystals and I felt that like energy in my in my bones slowly going up to like everywhere. And kind of like how God is it's that he spiritually is there and will slowly make you feel it at the end like it's Mm -hmm. not gonna be like okay I'm in your life you're gonna feel everything no he's slowly gaining you to that faith you know Mm -hmm. and people like people say you have to go to church every day and you have to do this no God is there with you no matter where you are you don't have to go to church every day you don't have to go to church at all really you can pray at home you can do whatever at home and feel it anywhere in the world. You can be outside. You can be anywhere. God is always going to be there with you. And that's how I felt. I was like, okay, you know, like, I don't always have to go to church. Mm-hmm. And I've like, when I was little, I went to church like every Sunday. The older I got, I was just like, mm, I don't really like need to be in the church to really feel his face. Yeah. You know? So I slowly stopped going and like, I sometimes go out of the occasionally or whatever, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I know God is there for me, no matter what mm-hmm. I know he's watching over me. I know he's watching over my family. I know my family like that are with him in heaven are slowly like, you know, they're watching me no matter what I will always feel them. And I know that they're watching over me. So like, I just know that now that he, he, like everything that happened was for a reason. It wasn't right. just like, I'm gonna hurt Haley. I'm gonna let her experience all this pain and all this stuff just to hurt her. No, it was just to show me that I can be strong, I can mm-hmm. fight, and I can be the woman who I am now. Like yeah. So I've slowly I've gained my faith back with God, you know, mm-hmm. and things do happen in life, but you can't really like blame it on that one person and be like he did this it was his fault so I'm gonna lose it on him again no Mm -hmm. it's things happen in life like it's always gonna happen nothing's gonna be perfect in our life nothing everything's not gonna be dark there's always gonna be brightness so Mm -hmm. you just have to keep fighting and you know that's so good yeah sorry yeah no no, I agree with you and I think that the powerful things that you said is that first of all God could handle you being like I'm angry you know like you needed someone to blame and you blamed God and you know I think that that can be so counter religion some people like don't do that but like he can handle your pain you know he can handle your frustration the questions like everything that you were going through you know and he was still with you through it all right and you know and you can see like for me when I'm listening it's like I could see how God was in your relationships right I love that because I love how like you can have faith in people so if you don't believe in God right now and you feel like we're just talking about God and it's hocus pocus like there was the love of people 
yeah. the faith in people, right? That was a demonstration that like, there's still good here. You yeah. know, that people can still be good, that people can still be a demonstration of unconditional love. And I think that it was so powerful when you talked about your mom and you said like, no matter what I was going through, you know, I'm your, your adopted mother. She came and got me. She, yeah. she, you know, and I think like she was a personification of how God can show himself through people all the time, all around us. Sometimes they don't even know. Right. Yeah. But we as individuals can see it. Like we can feel it. We're like, Whoa, like that's you. And like, that's the God I believe in. And I think that your story, you are a living testimony. You being here, being able to share that your story with us on the Losing Faith podcast is just a testimony, you know, of like the fact that people can overcome mm-hmm. and that there's still hope. And, you know, as she was saying, I just, as we're, as we're I keep saying landing in the plane, as we land the plane, I want to say that if you're in a situation right now where you feel like you don't have hope and you feel like, you know, that there is no tomorrow or like the situations or the circumstances around you are crushing you, you know, please like listen to Haley and, you know, the stories that are being told of people that have found hope and are still here. Because sometimes like we want to like be here and we want to have all these external stuff, but the fact that your existence is proof, you know, that to me that God is real and, you know, thank you for sharing. Um, she is wearing the, my value was never on the table hoodie. (laughs) There you go. I saw her stand up. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to remind y'all that your value was never on the table, that no matter what circumstances and no matter what you've been through, that what's inside of you, you're valuable from your existence. And Haley, you have been valuable from your existence and you are just such a bright light in this world. And I'm, I'm so glad for your the gift of you so um yeah we're gonna wrap it up is there anything else that you want to say or we're just gonna let it go all right so thank you for listening okay and i'll see you soon Thank you for listening to the Losing Faith podcast. If this podcast has helped you, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone that you think that it may help as well. If you're not following me on social media, I can be found on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok under Sharno underscore made new. And if you want to purchase my book, Promiscuous Tales of a Church Girl, or any merchandise that I might have on sale, you can find it at www.payhip.com slash Taylor. Thank you for listening. See you next time.